to a brand new episode of the DE Podcast. So today we're going to be talking about the NBA trade deadline. That's the main subject. I think that um, we're, going to, we're, we're going to be talking a little bit about the NBA, like what's been happening. A lot of few things happened. Um, so today we'll be joined by Akram Raj and Shriram, who is Akram Raj's brother. Um, so we're going to be um, having fun, probably. Um, and... Um, before we start, um, let's make sure to go check out our YouTube channel. We just had it, so we're going to put Shrim into the live first, as soon as he joins. So we're going to wait for him to join, and so on, so on, so on. Hey, Shriam. Uh, yeah, sorry, I had some technical issues. Oh, no, no, that's, that's okay. No problem. Um, so we're just waiting for e-commerce. Mm-hmm. So we'll wait for e-commerce to join, and we're going to be talking about the NBA trade deadline. Mainly, I think the NBA, we've clarified a lot of things, but we're going to wait for Akermers to send his request to join. And that's it. That's, okay, let's see. Here. We're waiting for Akermers, and then we'll begin. And guys, just one thing. Um, we have a YouTube channel. We created it about a week ago. Um, what's up, Akermers? Hi, Daniel. Hi, Sharon. So, um, yeah, so um, we'll talk about the trade deadline. I think in terms of NBA, we don't have to go too much on it because the trade down is probably going to be a big subject um i think for the nba we talked about most of the standings and you know the injuries so we'll just go for the power rankings and so if i um i added a few a section about the players of the month so um the power rankings um is number one utah number two brooklyn number three la clippers number four bucks and number five the 76ers um I think I I agree with that because the the Nets took the first seed. Um, I think it was yesterday, but I'm not completely sure. But James Harden um, walked away in the game yesterday with hamstring. I think it was hamstring tightness. So um, it's going to be tough for Brooklyn to come back. But KD's coming back next week. That's already official. So I think that um, they'll be okay, especially with the addition of Blake Griffin and Marcus Aldridge. Yeah, um, I agree with, I pretty much agree with all the standings. Um, I think the Jazz are easily the number one because they're on a seven-game winning streak right now. They're 36-11, and 11, uh, eight and two in their last 10 games. They're just, they're three games ahead of uh, the Suns for the first seed. I mean, they're just rolling like they, like they have been all season. So I think I think they're, they deserve the number one spot. But I think what's also pretty cool is that the Suns are improving because you can really think about it. Two seasons ago, they didn't win thirty-three games. They they won less than thirty-three games, and it's like barely it's like barely midway through the season, and they already have thirty-three games. They have a point seven oh two record already. They're three games behind the first seed, which is a f- unfortunate. If they if they um they're on a four-game win streak. If they if the season was to end right now, which probably not, they would probably end up playing against like the map. They would probably end up playing against the winner of the playing game, something like that. So like Mavericks, Spurs, Warriors, Grizzlies. I think that it it depends on who their toughest opponent is because for the Warriors, Steph Curry just came back from his um his tailbone contusion. He's been playing really well. He scored thirty two against Houston, I believe it was, and he had a good performance against Miami last night. And then San Antonio, they lost to Marcus Aldridge, um, but Demar Derozan has been playing very well. For Dallas, Luca and and Kristaps Porzingis are doing really well. Memphis, I didn't. I don't really know too much about them. I don't know if you guys do, but yeah. Yeah, they're stuck at like that fifty-fifty record right now. Hundred record. Yeah, yeah. And then the Eastern Conference, Brooklyn took the first seed. Philadelphia has been playing decent. They they lost, but then that they won. I think it was last night. Um, it's so and so because the Hornets are the fourth seed right now, and they're they have a five hundred record. It's kind of weird to say that. Yeah, the the East is pretty pretty much worse than the West, like everywhere except for the top two seeds. Yeah, I think I think East been has been worse than the West for actually a pretty good amount of time now. Um, yeah. Like right, the West. If you have like a five hundred record, you're not in the playoffs. But if you have a five hundred record, you're like you're the highest seed, the fourth seed. Yeah, you're in the middle of the you're in the middle of the top eight. So, so yeah, definitely. Um, there's not it's not a balanced two conferences. One, the Western is definitely uh, outperforming the East. 
Yeah, like it's crazy how the Raptors are the 11th seed in the East. They're 12 games under 500. They're 18 and 30. Then you go to the 11th seed in the West. You have the Kings, who are 22 and 26. They're only, they're only four games under 500. So like, there's a massive gap between the top people in the East, the bottom people in the East, and then the West and the East too. I'm just really mad about the Raptors, but okay. Um, so, and yeah, and then there are teams that are starting to, I guess, shape up, especially like now we're going to talk about the trade deadline shortly. Um, in the East, there, there's been a lot of teams that have been getting good players. Like, for example, Miami got Oladipo. Chicago got Vucevic. Vucevic and Levine. That's going to be kind of exciting. Boston added a good bench player in Fournier. Atlanta got Wu Williams instead of Rajon Rondo. You know, and New York is still, it's, it's, it's 500, they're the sixth seed, but they're still like a good team. No one expected them to break out this year. Julius Randle has been carrying them, I think, mostly. Um, so, yeah. I think, like, maybe, I just saw this in the morning. I didn't really read much about it, but I saw, like, I'm not sure, I don't understand how it's going to work, but apparently for the rest of the season, or, like, the last six weeks of the, six weeks of the season, all the teams are going to play home games or something like that. That's what I heard. I'm not sure. I think maybe like the top seeds are all playing home games to keep it competitive. I saw some. Hmm. Well, I don't know that maybe it's going to happen. You never know. No. Um, mm-hmm. Wants to do that or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then I think last thing um, before we go on to the main subject, um, the players of the month, Jokic and Harden, are the players of the month. Um, that was an fool's joke, by the way. Yeah, God, I, I, I have no idea how, <laughs> how how all teams can play home games and no one else can play. And I didn't understand. That's why I thought, oh, maybe just a top team. And it was like Memphis said it wasn't fair. I only read like the first part of the article. Wait for fools really got to you. Yeah, yeah, you got fools. <laughs> oh, that's how I said. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so, what do you, so right now, with considering, let's, okay, let's say everybody gets back healthy. Let's say LeBron 80 come back, KD comes back, the Jazz, the, the Suns, the Clippers, they all stay healthy. Who do you think has the best odds to win the championship? Oh. Huh. That, it, it's really tough because, like, from, um, from 2012, because, like your brain, oh, everyone's brains are sort of mixed up now because in 2019, like home court advantage, like Toronto, like played well in the regular season. They had home court advantage all the way through the playoffs, and they um, played well in the, on the road. But um, and then 2020, there was no home court advantage. Like it was a bubble. Like everyone played on the same court no matter what. Yeah, so, that that like helped the Heat but get to the final. Yeah. And I yeah, mean, I look at the Heat at the fifth seed right now, and just think about the Heat. It's kind of hard to imagine that just last season they were in the finals. Yeah, but they just acquired. It. But now that you think about it, they have the same lineup as last year, except minus Kelly Olynyk. But they added Victor Oladipo, so that's going to be really fun for them. Um, but I don't know because twenty twenty. No, now we're gonna actually see home court advantage, even though and there's limited amount of fans. Maybe they add a little bit more for the playoffs. But then there's the addition of so many good players in the offseason. Like the Lakers, like they changed like a lot of their lineup. Like um, I don't know. Like Toronto lost two of their like there's all their centers, and now they have a problem with that. Golden State lost a few guys. Um. You know, every single team wants at least one guy who's either like a good role player, six-man, starter, anybody. So, one, the teams have changed. Now, they're, they're teams that have never even been thought of making the playoffs, actually having a really, really good chance of making it. And three, this home court advantage happening. So, it's, it's really questionable to see who's going to win the championship this year. I think that right now, the people that will win the championship... I mean, I don't like to bet against LeBron, but I think the Brooklyn Nets have the best chance right now. I mean, they're just so good, and they're so deep. They have so many good players. They basically took it, made an all-star lineup. Yeah. We're going to talk about that with a trade deadline later, but yeah. um, they, 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 have, they have some of the best. They have three, I think, top 15 players in the league, maybe even three top 10 players in the league with how they've been playing this season. Um, 
KD's been out. They're still top of the. They're still top of the East. They're dominating. Um, I just don't see anybody really beating them unless the Lakers can really play super well. Yeah, I think I think like well, I like James Harden, so I guess I also kind of like the Nets, um, and I I like the Rockets before, but um, you don't need to talk about them. Um, so the yeah, definitely I agree with the Lakers. The Nets I think have the high, the, at least from the East, definitely highest chance of winning. Like I know the Jazz are the first seed, but I don't actually see them making it to the finals. Exactly. Yeah. I just yeah. feel they're a pretty inexperienced team. I mean, I like their top players, uh, Gobert and um, Mitchell. They're just not super experienced so i wouldn't so i wouldn't bet on them making like a super deep run but i wouldn't sleep on teams like the nuggets or the clippers or the Suns. they're both uh or Suns, yeah because obviously they're pretty high up too and it's and it's pretty crazy because still the the nuggets are the fifth seed but they're better than like the eastern conference um fourth seed they're they're better than are they even better? They might even be better than like third. Seed. They're the same as the Eastern Conference third seed, so um, yeah. But from the East, definitely Nets, and the West, I think it's up between three or four teams. But I don't think Lakers are gonna do it this year. Yeah, I agree. And then for Brooklyn, like what Akermanish was saying about the fact that they have so many good players, that too. But then you see there's so many veterans on the team. Like there's Lamarcus Aldridge. Like he's had some playoff experience. There's Blake Griffin. Okay, he hasn't had that much playing experience, but he's still like getting up there. Um, and then they have a few guys on the bench who are like veterans. Like the like I think Toronto. I don't think they they won because they just had a Kawhi Kawhi carry them. I think it was because they had guys like Serge Ibaka, Marcus Ole, like Kyle Lowry. They like they're veterans. They have playing experience. They give advice to the young guys like Siakam, Van Vliet, Powell. Who's now not there, but for the Nets, it gives advice, and Kyrie Irving too, and like Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, like they can give advice to James Harden because even though James Harden has made the conference finals a lot, he hasn't been, he's only been to the finals once. But then also, it it also brings me back to like 2012 when James Harden was with was with Kevin Durant and they made the finals. So I think that that that's also a big impact because that everyone can give advice to each other. And especially with the Nets having a, a few guys who have never been heard of before, like Bruce Brown. Like Bruce Brown played decent in Detroit. He's playing well in, in Brooklyn. Like Nicholas Claxton, Reggie Perry, like all these young guys. Like I think that they're going to build up to be like okay players because like one because of the fact that they play well, but two because of the fact that they get so much advice from the guys who are already up there, like maybe retiring soon. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I think I think we all pretty much agree. Brooklyn's going to be there in the finals. Someone else is going to be this. One of the f- top five seeds in the West is going to be in the finals. And Brooklyn is right now. At least Brooklyn is probably going to win. Also, what do you think about like the the Bucks? What do you think about them? Or are we going to talk about that later? No, we can not. No, we can, there's nothing for the big for the trade for the Bucks. Yeah. But, huh? Yeah, I don't know because. I feel like it's going to be one of those stories like where they're in the conference finals or like the second round and they somehow lose because they're playing well. Don't like, don't lie. Like I'm not lying, but like they have Giannis, like at the beginning of the season, I thought they were going to do so well because their GM is very smart. They still were able to keep Giannis. They were able to keep Chris Middleton. They did trade away at Eric Bledsoe, but he, he was not playing well in the playoffs. They added Drew Holiday, who's still pretty young. He did decent with the Pelicans moment. Like, played decent against the Warriors in the, in the 2017 playoffs. So I think that there's a lot of room for improvement for them. Um, but they're still young. Just think, like, Giannis is still young. He's 25 or 26, I think. Even though he's a two-time MVP, it's, it's not like a one-man team. It's not like back in the 90s when it's Michael Jordan. Even Michael Jordan. Even Michael Jordan. Like, he would have won all these six championships without Scottie Pippen, without Dennis Rodman, Steve Kerr. Louise Longley, like all these guys, like helped him out. So there could be a leader, but you need guys around you to help you and support you. Yeah. So going back to the Bucks, um, I would say, what do I think of them? They're the third seed right now. They have a record of uh, thirty and seventeen, which is obviously great. Still, um, right now, Giannis is averaging twenty-eight, uh, eleven, and six. And, on, of course, really good efficiency again from the field. 
But honestly, like last, it doesn't feel the same as last year because last year, at least if you remember before we were before the bubble, the Bucks were just dominating everything. I think they they were they were setting records for like um, biggest margins of victories over a, a certain amount of games. Giannis was averaging like almost thirty and ten. He was dominant. He was playing only thirty minutes a game. He was averaging thirty points per game. Like they were both. <laughs> were destroying teams um last year and i don't think we really feel that this year they they're still dominant they're still the top three seed in the east which is great but they're definitely not it doesn't feel like they've been as dominant as last year yeah i agree with you and and now that i really think about the bucks like the, they lost miami last year they're teams that can surprise somebody if you're even if you're six seven eighth seed you can surprise somebody like going into the playoffs last year, no one even thought of Miami. No, no, not even going to the finals or the second round. Nobody even thought about Miami. No one cared about Miami. They're like, oh, this team is going to be that like a team, maybe do like a good like, a sweep in the first, lose in the second. But then they sweep the first. Nobody's thinking about it. And then I was watching. They won game one. I was like, wait, they actually have a chance. Jimmy Butler's playing well. They win that series. They beat the young Boston Celtics, and then they almost, they honestly, they almost beat the Lakers. Like, even, like, when you really think about it, like, game, I think it was game, yeah, game four, that was the coolest game. Game five, they won. Game six was a blowout. But game, like, game one and two, like, they were awfully close. So you could really, even though it didn't happen, you can still think, like, what if they, what if they actually did it? Yeah, so I guess what you're saying is there's always a chance for upsets. And I definitely yeah. will. This, I mean, I think some teams we can safely assume to get somewhere. I think the Lakers with LeBron and AD healthy will easily second round automatically. Minimum Nets, I think, are minimum conference finals right now. Unless something really bad happens, considering that they would have to, they would play, they would play the Hornets in the second round, okay? Right now. They played the Hornets, and I don't think the Nets are going to lose to the Hornets, even like because the Hornets don't have Lamella. Also, we got to remember, like yeah, they he could, he could come back, but probably not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, assuming the Hornets put the Nets in the playoffs without Lamella, I don't think they're going to win a game, or even have a close game against the Nets. So Nets, I think conference finals easily. Sixers, Sixers is a big question mark because if Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons don't play well in the playoffs, I could see them being a first round exit, honestly. Yeah, it really depends on how well they, how well those two play. And then actually, I don't know if you guys noticed, but yesterday the Hornets played the Nets. I was actually thinking about it, like about the playoff picture about it, and I'm like, like I think yesterday really determined it. They're the, the rant less, I guess you can call it, Nets. Griffin wasn't there. I don't think Harden was there either. Hornets that everybody except Wamel. They beat, they beat them by I think it was like. 30. 12. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah. It was 20. It was like 22. Yeah, like 22. And they didn't have, like, two. There are two, like, there's th- like three of their, like, four, like, really good players. So, yeah. Oh, so. and actually, I was just looking at the stats for the Nets. It wasn't even like Kyrie scored 40 or something. Jeff Green got 21. LaMarcus got 11. Kyrie, 15. Bruce Brown, 14. Tyler Johnson, 15. And Landry Sham at seventeen. So like that's a pretty balanced team. That's that's also pretty good. Yeah, and the bench is really good. That's also something that's very important. Yeah, it's it's definitely good when you have a team. Just the way the Nets are able, the other Nets players are able to rise up to the occasion and just replace and replace the roles of Durant and Harden so easily. I think it's great for that team, and I think that really that really um, shows that they can make a deep playoff run. Yeah. Even with injury, like they can still stay afloat even when their uh, players are out. And I think they, I think they picked up some G League players. Some of them I talked about, and it's they actually did a pretty good job. Uh, just, yeah. Yeah. So, good yeah, job. I agree with you. That's, that's good. Um, yeah. So I guess, um, I think now we can move on to the trade deadline. So main subject, um. So many trades happen, which is really exciting. Um, so I guess we'll start from like the less important things to the most important things. So I'll just say a few of them, and if you guys want to pitch in any of your opinions on them, um, I'll I'll be glad to let you guys do that. 
So first of all, we'll just say Javel Nicky went back to Denver where he played probably, I think it was five, six years back. Um, like um, George Hill went to the 76ers. Daniel Tice, that's pretty big. Daniel Tice went to the Bulls. The Celtics lost their big center, and the Bulls got a center who can play very well on the board. Um, Jeff Teague um, just um, bought it, um, just cleared his waivers, and the Bucks signed him. That's another good point guard right there. Um, we talked a little bit about Fournier going to the Bucks, uh, to the um, Celtics, excuse me. Um, and now we move on. That was quick, but we'll move on to the more important things. So. Before we go on to the most important thing, I need I have a little speech to make. So, Norman Powell went to the Blazers for Gary Trent Jr. and Robin Hood. That was stupid. So, you can see, I'm looking at it right now. So, Norman Powell is averaging... Uh, let me just see this. Um, Norman Powell is averaging 22 points per game. He's averaging 8 rebounds a game. And the Raptors just said, we don't need him. And you give him a useless Ronnie Hood, who averages a one point a game, and you give him Gary Jr., who averages fifteen sometimes. His career high is thirty points, which is what Bradley Be- is, which is a lesson when Bradley Beal averages a game. And Gary Trent is not a good fit for Toronto. Their GM has to think: we need a good center. Like Kyle Lowry, we don't need to trade Kyle Lowry. He's a veteran. He can give advice to the young guys in the Raptors. Roman Powell, he's young. He's playing really well. If you, if you, if they give you a center who's really good, that that can give you in at least a, a decent playoff picture. You have Aaron Baines right now, who like, I saw his last game. He got zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists. He probably played a good thirty minutes, and he got nothing. They need a good guy that can do good. Like for example, like Daniel Tice. Not exactly him, but somebody who's good who can protect the board. The Raptors are the worst team in the league in rebounding. That's big. The Raptors need a good good guy who can rebound the ball because their scoring is absolutely fine. The reason why they don't win games is not because they don't score enough, because of their defense and their rebounding. It sucks. Yeah, so um, talking about this trade, I think that this trade kind of made sense for the Raptors, but I think it made no sense. I mean... A little bit. But I don't think it made any sense really for either side, especially the Blazers, right? Norman, I mean, the Blazers already have CJ McCollum and... Um, it helped the Blazers. It helped the Blazers. I don't know, because Norman Powell is just plays pretty similarly to CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard. You're basically getting a third option of those two guys who are already on your team. Meanwhile, Gary Trent Jr., at least, I don't know, Rodney Hood obviously was coming off, I think, an injury, so he hasn't played much. But uh, Gary Trent Jr., I, on the bubble in the bubble last year, he was just on fire. He was a sharpshooter. I think he was shooting above 45% from three. This year, I don't think he was, he's was. he been as good. But I'm, I think having a shot-up shooter, sharpshooter like basically another CJ McCollum, who is slightly worse. In Norman Powell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, like even this year, um, he is shooting almost 40% from three, Gary Trent Jr., which is really, really good. Um, I don't I don't think they should have I don't think they should have traded him to get uh, Norman Powell. And from the Raptors side I mean, as you said, their 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 issues are not even in that department. Their issues are with their rebounding and their defense. And getting another guard and a small forward definitely does, does not help solve that problem. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it shows by, I think the Raptors are on another four-game losing streak right now. Yeah, they're four-game losing streak. And even after having... Uh, those two players for the last two games. And even though Gary Jones you know, got 31 points a career high, that doesn't matter. They still lost the game to, like, I don't know, I think it was the Thunder. Because, like, I forgot what I was going to say, but the Raptors traded away Norman Powell. Like, honestly, I thought it was going to be okay. I thought Gary Trent Jr. was okay because I saw him play against, like, those teams before. 
Rodney Hood is a really good three-point shooter. I thought he was going to be amazing. And then I saw his stats, and I just went off. I was mad. And then the Raptors, like, yeah, I think they're I, – it's, it's all about luck for them. In the twenty in the 20, yeah, 2020 offseason, right before the offseason, they were saying, okay, we're getting Giannis. How can you get Giannis? Why would you want to go to Toronto, even though Masai Ujiri did something to make his career big? No, I don't – like, I don't think anybody cares about that. Like, why would he leave Milwaukee, a place that he's been making the players consistently at, and join the Raptors and be alongside like two already decent forwards. Like he didn't go there. Okay. Like too bad. So so sad. Like it's 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 all about luck. Oh yeah. Yeah, so um what do I think? I think that, uh, uh, oh, okay, let's talk about some of the, some of the other big trades. Um, obviously, Andre Drummond went to the Lakers uh, because the Lakers really, I mean, after signing Marcus Gasol in the offseason and not re-signing Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee, uh, the Lakers the Lakers needed, needed a center because Marcus Gasol this year has not been very good. He's not been good defensively and offensively he's also been pretty bad. So the Lakers decided to sign Andre Drummond after he's bought out from the Cavs to uh, basically replace JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. And Drummond's played one game, and he left the game with a toe injury. So we haven't seen enough uh, yet to tell how Drummond's going to do. But I think I think it was a pretty good signing. Mm. Yeah, but I think, like, uh, yeah, Drummond, he's injured, obviously, you know, but I think Drummond should um, help the the Lakers uh, with their big man problem. But what I'm thinking is, I think Drummond's, like, just like a bunch of other players, he, I mean, right, this season he's averaging 17 points a game, but, um, which isn't bad, but, and I just want to see how he'll do when he's playing with AD and LeBron. I think it also. I think it's also a big impact because of the fact that he gets like sixteen rebounds a game. Like I was just mentioning, the Raptors, right? They have poor rebounding. Like, like Andre Drummond, like gives it good to the Lakers because the Lakers have plenty of guys like Dennis Schroeder, Montrezl Harrell. I don't know, Kentavious Caldwell Pope. Like, like they score threes. Like they're good scores. Andre Drummond brought the rebounding and defense to them, so I think that that also kind of like. That kind of ups the um, their chance. Yeah, his his rebounding is definitely insane. Like, um, not on the Cavs. Well, on the Cavs is good, like like eleven. I think he's getting like twelve rebounds a game. But on the Pistons, he was a beast when it came to rebounds. He was getting fifteen. I think he got like sixteen three or four years in a row. Sixteen averaging sixteen rebounds. I mean, that's that's crazy. So he's he definitely will help the Lakers with rebounding. Yeah, maybe maybe the Raptors could use someone like him. Yeah, yeah, I I don't think he's I I still think that the Lakers should have signed JaVale McGee or someone because what the Lakers really need in the center position like a lot what last year what really helped them was having rim protection right they had both AD Dwight Howard or AD and JaVale McGee to um protect uh the rim and that that obviously helped them become one of the best defenses of the league and this year again they're they're still elite defensively but I think if you want to make it even better, they should have signed someone like JaVale McGee, who would have been a better rim protector than Andre Drummond, who Andre Drummond isn't that good a rim protector. Well, again, they traded away JaVale McGee. Why would they want to sign him back? Well, they traded him away because they thought Marcus Gasol would be a lot better. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't Mar- really about that. Yeah. Marcus Gasol pretty old, though. Yeah, I think yeah. the main problem is he's too old right now to really be good at defense. Like... Uh, yeah. maybe, they, maybe they gave, maybe they traded him because of the fact that he's a veteran. Maybe. Maybe, but I mean, yeah, you can give them advice, but I don't think that's exactly what the Lakers need right now. They don't need a veteran who's going to give advice. So, well, well, he he could give them advice, but he's also he's a decent score, decent defender. He's better than Javale McGee because Frank Vogel didn't didn't play him really in the he he played him in the playoffs. Um, but in the finals, he didn't. 
And then you saw in 2019, the Raptors played Gazzol, and he played tremendous. Like, he was scoring, like, 14 points, like, every half, almost. So, like, he, like, I think the Lakers got him because, one, he has a, he has more experience than JaVale McGee does. And, two, like, he he's a better scorer. And, like, and Frank, Frank Vogel, I guess you can say, like, trusts him, and he wants to play more in games. Well, yeah, obviously, but this year, Gasol is averaging five points per game. In 20 minutes. Yeah, in 20 minutes. I mean, slightly less playing time, but he's only he's only uh, shooting 34% from three, and for reference, usually he shoots, like, in, the, in his past few years, he was shooting really well. With the Raptors, at least, he was shooting in the 30s, 8s, to 40s. Um, so I think the Lakers probably wanted, some, wanted him to average maybe around – nine to ten points per game shoot 38 percent from three be a threat from outside and be a good defender but i don't this year i don't think he's been that and in, great and in his game against the magic he was one for five from three so that's also a bit concerning as you were saying with the same point percentage yeah and he's also he was also injured for a bunch of games during the season so the lakers basically had no centers for a while they had to sign i believe a backup center sons to play and then they had some of their G League centers play too. So the the Lakers were really lacking in the centers before the signing Rondo Jones. So I think it was a good signing, but honestly, honestly the Lakers should have kept Dwight Howard. They should have they should not have gotten rid of Dwight Howard. Because Dwight Howard was so good last year. I mean Dwight Howard is basically better than JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee was also good, but Dwight Howard was really um in the playoffs last year and in the finals too. He was he was great. Yeah. That was a good point. Um, so now with the next one. Um, this one's like pretty big, not too big, but pretty big. Um, Rajon Rondo went to LA uh, to the Clippers for Lou Williams. Um, well, Lou Williams said like actually was deciding about retiring when he got traded there. I don't. I'm not buying it, but um, I think that. Um, it it brought a few advantages because of the fact he's like a veteran, um, like. But again, I keep saying it. It sounds really. It doesn't sound smart, but um, he's a veteran because the Hawks are one of the youngest teams in the league. Trey Young, really young. John Collins is really young. All the other guys are really young. Um, and I think they named a veteran. John Rondo was there, yeah, but I don't think like you know. I don't, I don't think that really worked out. I think Williams was better. Um. He has oh, he has more experience. He has a, a little bit more experience, not in the finals necessarily, but like in the playoffs, I think. Yeah, um, we saw how good Ron Rondo was really good last year in the playoffs for the Lakers. I think him going to the Clippers is going to be great. I mean, in the regular season, he, I mean, he's not going to be. I don't think he's going to be anything really special and help the Clippers in the regular season. But in the postseason, we've always seen Rondo up his game, and I think that'll really help the Clippers in the playoffs because. Um, but any he he just he just provides something so special, especially off the bench. If he's playing with like a bench rotation, he'll be, I think he'll be great for the Clippers. And on the Hawks side, Lou Williams. I mean, Lou Williams hasn't really been that great this year. I guess it's just another scoring option, but he doesn't really. Lou Williams isn't a great defender. Um, his scoring's been down this year too, so I don't think he's I don't think he's gonna be great for the Hawks either. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I agree with that too. I agree with your yeah, point. Well, he's averaging twelve points again, but I mean, uh, he was. I mean, in his six minute, obviously it's. Yeah. He he's like I think he averaged seventeen last year. Uh, he averaged eighteen last year. Yeah. So. Wait, no, sorry. He's averaging. Yeah, he's averaging seven points to the Hawks, and but I think he's only but he's only played like one game, so it's obviously seven point up. But he's averaging, I think, around twelve points this season, and then last season eighteen, and then before that, the six man is like twenty points again. Mm-hmm. Yes, it really it really depends. But I mean, he, he was he was pretty good. He's been he was, he's been really good in the last few seasons, and this year he just hasn't been as good, which is why the Clippers probably traded him. Yeah, but he's uh, also getting. Another big trade was okay. First, Orlando completely just Orlando pretty basically got rid of every member of their team really. All the players in their team. Every one of their like major veteran players, they're all gone. 
Um, the first one, obviously, Aaron Gordon. He went to the Nuggets. What do you think about that? I was reading a lot of articles. I agree with every single one of them. They're saying that he's a great addition. Um, I agree with it because you really think about the Nuggets. They have Jamal Murray, who's an excellent scorer. They have Jokic, who's a good two-way player. He's a good defender. He's a good offender. He gets triple doubles. Um, and then everybody else is so-so. Like, they're really good. That's the reason why they made the conference finals. Aaron Gordon brings this kind of, like, physical physical mentality. It looks like he always has a lot of energy on the court. He's a great defender. Offense, he's he had a good, like, 15 to 20 points a game, which can also impact them. Like, uh, I saw his last few games was, were outstanding. His first few games there were outstanding with Denver. Um, I think it's a really big impact for them. I think they're going to do better. Like, I was really excited to see that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what you guys think, but if you guys want to talk, talk about what you guys think about it. Almost seven rebounds this season. Bringing that to the Nuggets just makes them even deeper. And he is also he's also when he when he needs to be he's a good defender. So I think that'll definitely help them. And uh, they traded Gary Harris and R.J. Hampton. R.J. Hampton obviously is a rookie. Guys, they accidentally cut off. Um, probably a Wi-Fi problem, but. Um... They're talking about Aaron Gordon. I'll talk a little bit about that before they come back on. Um, but um, I think that he's a really big impactor for the team. He brings a lot to the table. Um, and I think that like, it's really big for them and big for the team. I think that they have a lot of potential um, to go and, um, you know, I think the Nuggets can go far in the playoffs this year. Um, so yeah, that's my opinion on it. Um, I'll talk with you guys a little bit more because they both are not there. But, um, yeah, I think that, um, the Magic are going through a full rebuild. And I think that they're, they're both going to do very well this year. Hey guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, there's no problem. I was just talking to everyone about what I thought, but I was just, I was saying that like Orlando, they're a good team. Um, they're re- they're rebuilding. Um, I think that that's the right decision for them. Um, I think that that was smart for their front office to do that because yeah. I think that yeah. Mm-hmm. And for the Aaron Gordon trade, the other good thing about that is that uh, it's not like he is getting traded there and he won't have any. He won't have good morale along the lines of that because he was the one who requested the trade because uh, he said he was really frustrated with Orlando, so. Uh, obviously, it's not good that he was frustrated with them, but I understand, understand understandably uh, frustrated with them. But it also means that since he requested it, he uh, is fine with he was fine with being traded. Yeah, yeah, and so I mean, on the Magic side, I think I think it was a good decision to trade all these pieces because if we think about it, in the past, well, in the past three seasons. I mean, past two seasons, and then including this, uh, yeah, just the past two seasons, Magic, the, they've been consistently either, they've been consistently being the uh, eighth seed, I believe, both times, eighth and seventh seed, I should say. And if that's the highest, honestly, that your team's going to go, I don't think that it's worth it to continue to be stuck, at, stuck doing that. Because, right, you're not getting better than the eighth seed. You're not going past the first round. You're not having success in the playoffs. But you're also not bad enough to where you can get some good draft picks and maybe draft a superstar in the future. So you're really just kind of stuck in like the in the worst part in the worst part of the standings, where you don't get to draft good players because you're outside. You're either going to be like barely in the lottery or outside the lottery, and also um, you're not good enough to where oh hey you might be able to win a championship or get to the finals or something. So I think it was a decision to blow up the team. Yeah, you're you're completely right because for the last few seasons, the Magic have had good players such as Vucevic and Aaron Gordon. Obviously, not anymore, but they used to, they had those players, but they weren't seeing any real success because, as you said, they weren't in like the top seed so that they could say, "Hey, we actually have a chance of title, and we don't really need anything in the draft this year. We we we're ready. We're gonna keep it with this." 
we're going to keep this team going. But they also weren't in the position where, hey, we're so bad that we have some new people and um, and then try to build. But they were just stuck in the middle of the pack, which I would say is probably for a few years, but I'd say it's probably the, the worst position to be in. Yeah. yeah. So, um, okay, so I guess we'll speak about the other trade. So, I mean, there's two two more with Orlando, but the first one, uh, Nikola Vucevic was traded the Bulls, uh, the Magic trade, and the, um, the Bulls gave up Otto Porter Jr., Wendell Carter Jr., a 2021 first-round pick, and a 2023 first-round pick to the Magic. So what do you guys think of that? Honestly, I think it was smart for them because Nikola Vucevic, uh, if it's a win for Chicago, but again, Orlando is, is rebuilding. Um, I think that Vucevic has been doing so well the past couple of years. He's been making the All-Star games. So I think that now with all of these All-Star games and, and these high performances that he's producing, I think that he really has a chance to, sh- to actually go in the playoff picture. Maybe not this year because of the fact that he got traded so late in the season. But I think that they still might have a chance to do the play-in tournament and at least see a little bit of experience. Like, they haven't, the Bulls haven't been in the playoffs for, like, probably around, like, I think it was four years now. Um, I yeah. think that if, if not this year, then next year they have a, a really high chance of making it. Yeah, I think because uh, Vucevic this year is averaging 24.5 points per game and 12 rebounds per game, which is really really good he's he's an all-star he's, th- he's 30 years old which is pretty old but i mean i think he still would have another two or three good years and um i think he'll definitely if not this season next season he should hopefully help boost chicago to maybe a top six seed in the east i think it's definitely doable because the east isn't good at all um i that'll be great for the bulls who haven't made as you said haven't made the playoffs in a while and they they didn't really give up anybody super super good for him. I mean, Otto Porter Jr. He's been he's been he's been solid for the Bulls, but I mean nothing super good. Wendell Carter Jr. was their young center who they drafted three years ago. I mean he was he was pretty solid. He's been pretty good, but um, even him uh, when you can when you can get Vucevic, I think you can give up that. And um, I just the only thing is I for the Bulls at least. I hope that it doesn't get like this trade doesn't go badly because if you remember, uh, I think it's now two and a half years ago when the Pistons traded for Blake Griffin and everybody thought Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin would really help the Pistons get a top five seed. And then what happened? Look what happened, right? The Pistons, they barely made the eight seed for that first year. Or I think they missed the playoffs the first year. Then they got the eight seed in the second year. And then after that, they just fell into the lottery the third year. And then this year, they got rid of Blake Griffin and basically got nothing in return. So yeah, that they got rid of everything. Yeah, so that experiment completely failed. So I just hope that for the Bulls, uh, Levine and Vucevic is better. I mean, I think they're both, they're both younger than Griffin and Drummond were. But hopefully, hopefully it, goes, it goes well and just doesn't blow up. Yeah. That's very well said. But I think that Detroit is also going through a little rebuild, too. So, um, yeah. There, I think, yeah, I think that um, Detroit and Orlando, um, they're the big teams. They're not going They're not going through their rebuilds. I think that the next couple of years will be exciting for those teams because maybe they're going to they're gonna be smart in the offseason, maybe the trade deadline this next year. Um, but, yeah, a lot of what's happening in the NBA – there are teams that are going surprising everybody with the addition of a few guys. Um, it's exciting to see in the next couple of weeks what's going to happen with all these new additions. And then um, there are teams that are going through rebuilds. And we'll see, like, maybe they're, they're going to get good draft picks from the guys in the future years in the NBA draft. Um, maybe they're going to acquire somebody good in the trade deadlines or in the off-seasons. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think that the last trade we did not talk about it is Victor Oladipo to the Heat. I don't know if it was the biggest trade. Some people think it was the biggest. Um, I think we can talk a little bit about that. We talked a little bit, but I think there's more. Um, there's more. So, so just what do you guys think about it? 
Well, I think it was a great trade for the Heat. I mean, Victor, uh, I mean, the Rockets, the Rockets, I don't think the Rockets got better or worse. I mean, with Oladipo, they were losing 19 straight. Now they don't have Oladipo. I don't think they're going to suddenly do better or worse than that. I don't think you can do worse than 19 straight. Also, don't think you're going to get better by trading away someone like Victor Oladipo. Uh, so, on the Heat side, at least, I think it was a great trade because if you think about that team now, think about, like, Victor Oladipo adds to their offense, but then think about think about what they, who they have on defense. They have Jimmy Butler, Andre Godala, Bam Adebayo, and Victor Oladipo. All in, I think, their starting lineup, which is yeah. insane defensively. I think that team could be really, really good defensively now. Yeah, and I'm looking at their lineup right now. They're they're I think I'll read like all the like the good like the guys that are like a little bit known. Like there's Precious of Choa. Yeah, he he's really young. Um, he's just he's a forward, but I think that he he brings the defense where um, he's good on rebounding. Bam on a bio two way. They acquired Trevor Ariza. Um, Trevor Ariza, he's a two way player. Like he doesn't he's not he's, he's nothing special, but um, he will produce some more scoring and better defense for them. Orange Rodgers is or is was there the whole time. Butler was there. Uh, Neman Hub um, Belica uh, just got acquired. He's decent. Um, Udonis Haslam is their veteran for advice. Tar Heroes, their like like superstar youngster. Andre Gadal is their defensive stopper. Oladipo is their new guard slash defender. Kendrick Nunn is their like shorter like 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 quick guard. Duncan Robinson is their three point shooter, catch and shoot. Um, so yeah, I think that the Miami Heat have like a a really solid lineup. They can um. Yeah, I think they're good for um, – they're going to be good. I think they're going to make the playoffs this year um, in terms of making the finals or going, like, big in the playoffs. I don't know about that yet, but yeah, – Yeah, I think this Oladipo trade, as Akon was saying, it's not really anything to do with the Rockets, if you know what I mean, because the Rockets, they can't get much worse than this. Like, I, re- I actually felt really bad for their coach because he was really emotional after they well, after they lost 20 games in a row. Because you have to think about it, they were thirteen and thirteen, or like twelve and twelve, whatever. They were actually decent, and then they lost uh, twenty games in a row, and twelve and and they're thirteen and thirty-three or something. So I definitely felt bad for the coach. But yeah, in this case, I think it's completely just a plus for the Heat, and it's just a trade for the Rockets because I guess Victor Deep also deserves better. He doesn't deserve to be on such a on a team like the Rockets, I guess, because they don't seem to be going anywhere at the moment. So I think it was really just a plus for the Heat and just uh, uh, just didn't really affect the Rockets at all, as you were saying. Yeah. I think in the future years, like, I can imagine going through the rebuilds. I think that um, a team similar to um, uh, um, um, Houston, yeah. A team similar to Houston going through a rebuild right now, and I think that um, that's... Um, I think in the future years, it's very exciting for them. Because I think that at the beginning of the year, they looked solid. They had James Harden. They got John Wall. They got um, Victor Oladipo after they got James Harden away, and they had Christian Wood. Christian Wood is injured, or maybe not anymore, but he was injured. They waived to Marcus Cousins. Um, and the Clippers might be signing him to a 10-day contract, but again. So, yeah. I don't know. I think they're. I think they're going to be their rebuild team again. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how the Magic and also, I mean, even the Raptors a little bit. I wouldn't say as much, and then the Rockets kind of just went into mid-season rebuilds with the trade deadline. Like they did, they got rid of their good players, and they're like, all right. It's time to restart. I mean, the Rockets not as much, but still, getting rid of Norman Powell just kind of showed that they were basically blowing up this old team. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. And yeah, then there just probably a couple more things that, um, well, I'm, well, I I don't know, I haven't looked at, but I want to look at a few like NBA teams. Like we haven't, we've talked about all these big trades, but then there are teams that didn't do anything. There are teams that just stayed the way they are. Like I'm looking right now, like New York, they stayed the way they are. They got they they got Austin they traded Austin Rivers away and cleared his waiver. He's doing he's he's clearing his waivers. And I think it was the Bucks are the front runner to sign him. Um, Philly didn't do much. They caught George Hill. Um, 
Cleveland, like they got they they got they bought out Drummond before the trade deadline. Um, Indiana didn't do anything. Like Charlotte didn't do anything. Um, the Wizards, like the Wizards, it's it's so funny because the Wizards, like they have Westbrook, they have Bradley Beal, but they're still like they're not the best team. They're not um, they're not playing well. Like Westbrook, yeah, like okay, you made history, good job, but like. Your team, it's uh, your team. Like no, but it's, uh, it's seventeen thirty. Like that's just not okay. Uh, I thought it was gonna be like twenty, like at least like a five hundred record, but it's the complete opposite. Okay. Yeah, I and mean, then, yeah, you're. Yeah, and then there are a lot of teams that are questionable. Like you don't really know what to happen. They're sort of like in the dark, like Sacramento. San Antonio, New Orleans, Memphis, Dallas a little bit. Like, I haven't seen much from Luke. Uh, well, I, I, for New Orleans, I think they they signed Isaiah Thomas to a 10-day contract. Oh, really? Yeah, just just today, I think. Yeah, just today they signed him to a 10-day contract. So that's actually pretty crazy. I'm actually really – I'm really happy that he's coming back. Because I just yeah. – he got – Got traded from the Celtics, then to the Cavs. He was obviously injured during that time. Then after that, he went to the Lakers, then the Nuggets, and he just basically fell out of the league. So I, I actually I hope he does pretty well because his story is pretty inspirational from being the 60th pick and then being an all-star, leading the Celtics to the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I really hope he does well. Mm-hmm. Are you good? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if, the, the, if Tom, Isaiah Thomas will will help um will help uh pelicans too much but i think he'll definitely be and i think it's good that he's he's playing in the nba yeah yeah it's questionable the nba is at a very exciting point right now and then especially in the future with the olympics coming up like i think team usa is gonna sweep and win but It'll be really like, exciting, like fun and exciting to see all of these like superstars play with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's gonna, it's gonna be really cool. Yeah, and I think like now, like, probably in like, a couple of months, we're getting to the point where it's gonna be playoff time. So we'll, so we'll we'll be talking about playoff predictions and stuff like that. I think that like right now we're talking about all of these like this everything going on in the season, like how teams are doing. But I think I think the season doesn't really matter. The playoffs is it's what it's what's the reality of how the teams can show themselves. Yeah. Yeah, Eastern round of teams are showing that they're just waiting for the playoffs. Eighty, like I mean not the eighty, I mean like the Lakers, the the Sixers. Um, I think even 